I am so excited. It doesn't even make sense. So, you know, we meet at 745 with the mastermind, Jean-Philippe Jacques and Sabrina. No, but Marie-Pierre, we're a really amazing team. We were missing a doctor in there. Now we have a doctor. I can't wait to get our picture, all five of us together. Anyways, that being said, I'm so excited because for those that don't know me, my name is Maria Mariano and I'm completing my 40th year this year in my multi-level marketing business. No, but Dorothy, can you imagine? Can you imagine? And then um, 36, I'm going on to my 30, no, I completed 36, whatever. I got 1986, do the maths. How many years? Anyway, somebody's going to write it in the chat for me. How many years? I'm kind of lost when it comes to the wedding. Uh, what I want to basically tell you is this. As we're diving deeper and deeper into the book, and if it's the first time you're joining us, I'll give you more details. As we're 36, thank you, Dorothy. <laughs> okay. As we're diving deeper and deeper in the book, I understand now why everything I touch, it must work because failure is not an option. It's part of my why. It's part of my why. Failure is not an option. When I married Mohammed, divorce was not part of any sentence we ever argued. Never, never, never. It was so intentional that that would never have been an option because then I would have proven the rest of the world right. You get it, Melanie Miller? I would have proven the rest of the world right. And failing in my multi-level marketing business was not an option because again there, when you join a multi-level marketing business, everybody's saying, oh, you just wait after three months, you won't be there anymore. And you know what? A lot of them are right. So for me to have failed would have proved all these 99% of society. Like I'm here as a one of my whys, one of my whys, well, as we're going to figure it out with Marie-Pierre, because I know there's one why, is really setting that standard that failure is not an option. So for those joining us for the first time, I promised you I'll give you a, a quick intro. We're doing the book, actually the trilogy. This is the third book, which is Find Your Why with Simon Sinek. I'm telling you, there's a TED Talk on it. There's a lot of information on YouTube on it. If you're less of a reader, or more, more of a listener, go, go, go. I even told Jean-Philippe and Sabrina this morning, you should set aside three hours together and get prepared for the, for the meeting. And, and remember, your why is hidden in your history. You, you got to look at it like uh, anybody's ever read Dante, and, and when he explains the hell and everything else, like it's all in symbols and, and well, the same thing here, your why is already there, but it's hidden in your history. Find it. Not, not, it's not create a why you have it already. Why you are here. It's there, but it's hidden. It's hidden in the ancient archives of your life. And that's where we're going to be leading with this. So again, why I, I'm so excited about this? Well, one of the reasons I've been able to stay focused because I know I'm living my why. And number two, 
one of the reasons I'm so committed and passionate about setting new goals and always reaching my next, next, next is because of the why. Otherwise, heck, you know, I mean, why would we ever want to sell more than $10 million, right? At $10 million, you're making such an amazing income already. So why are you pushing it? Okay, you're going to understand this as we move forward. Discovering your why, not creating a why. It's already there. Each one of us comes with a set of gifts. It's already there in your history. It's going to make your days a lot more fun and straight to the point. Like, honestly, guys, you that I see on my Zoom, how many of you have wasted incredible amount of time with people leveling down, just burning your time? I mean, I've been a victim of that too. This will no longer ever happen. Melanie Miller, look at us. Marie-Pierre with COVID, <laughs> we work with those that want to advance. And number four, what I wrote down, it helps to build me. It's going to help to build you. All your actions are with intentions to get results. I have a few people in my head, and Melanie Miller too can think of a few people that do the actions but are doing them like uh, an ostrich. They're hiding their head in the sand and not looking at the fact they're not getting the results they wanted. And then we're, we're, we're in their faces. Did you post 10 times today? Did you make four lives today? Because tonight at the meeting, we're going to share with you, like we have the opportunity to be our own Hollywood, but you have to be out there a lot more than you think. It's not because you did one live today that it's going to happen, okay? You, be, you will be able, you will want to be able to measure your results, your growth, your improvement. Ask Melanie last night, I don't know what time it was, Marie-Pia, what were our results? Why did we only sell this much? Why did they sell that much? You're very intentional about the measuring system because it's going to measure if you're on your X or not. And this begins to create trust in yourself, in your skills, and your ability to get to your next highest level. So Melanie's going to recap the chapter, and then we're going to have fun with Marie-Pia who's going to be probing. So with no further ado, take it away, Melanie. Okay. And Maria, I think if there's one thread that I share with you is the absolute failure is not an option, right? You get up or you get knocked down again. You get up and, you know, part of what I'm going to talk about this morning is um, having a look at the stories uh, that has happened to you during the life, during your life, and uh, I'll explain a little bit more about that when we get to it. So um, this section is more about how you can prepare your why, and the first uh, title is pick a time and a place. And as Maria was saying, you need to be allowing probably around three hours minimum to be able to do everything at once. And doing everything at once is gonna be the best way for you to find your why. Because now you're gonna tell a story, and they're gonna tell another story, and the person who's listening to you, your partner, is gonna be able to find the thread. Poor Marie-Pierre is gonna get little bits and pieces from Maria and me, and have a jumble of things but we want to do it that way so we can show you how it's working. But it's not the ideal way. Um, it's not a quick fix. It requires dedicated time and uh, there are no shortcuts. So you need to be able to be in a place that's 
that's not got distractions, that your phone is turned off and you give 100% attention to the, to the process. And now your role is to gather the stories. Your why comes from the sum of your past experiences and values growing up. You're gonna look for stories that bring to light who you are at your natural best. Um, make, jot down notes of them. Think of specific experiences and people in your life who have shaped where, where and who you are today. Someone who made a difference to you. They can come from any time, from your birth until now. Good or bad, they have helped shape your life. Your goal is to end up with at least five impactful stories. Each story must be about a specific time or place or moment. It shouldn't be a generalized thing. And the more specific it is, as we saw yesterday, the more emotional you can get. And so then that is, is going to reveal um, more about you. And write the stories as they come to you. Don't write the details, just an outline. And be really, really careful that you don't try and manufacture your why. You are just telling the story. Don't try and find a thread because uh, that is just uh, for the person who is listening to you. Um, you can, or, you know, you, how are you going to do it? One sort of simple way to, to think of your stories is to make a line across a page and above the line are your happy memories and above, below the line are your not so happy memories. And the more happy is higher up and the more sad is lower down. And what you're going to do is as you think of stories, you're going to place them somewhere on your page, maybe in a chronological order. So going from left to right. So birth on the left and where you are now on the right. But how you do it is up to you. Um, and so as you map out your memories, you're going to see some of them are much higher in happiness and lower in sadness. And those ones are the ones that are probably the most impactful for you. So maybe you need some guides to think of things. Um, who in your life has had an impact on you? What did you admire in them such that they could have an impact on you? Um, your best day at work ever. Why did you ever come home saying, wow, I would have done that for free? Um, why did that happen? What about the day, the worst day you ever had? Um, and I've got a few of those. <laughs> um, what about your earliest specific childhood memory? An experience at school that you had? A pivotal moment in your life? And what happened to change the way you think about the world? Um, and maybe come across a time when you gave, uh, when you gave to something, you gave yourself and it made you feel good. So, you know, we can think of our accomplishments with pride, but what was the moment that made you have the pride? Uh, don't overanalyze. You're ready to, to, uh, once you've got all those things, you're ready to meet 
and maybe the thing to do is uh, circle three really impactful moments because you want to make sure that your moments that you tell are not all telling the same story, like the same thing in a different time. Um, and so uh, that I found uh, very interesting. So um, there was a, a, a guy that David, one of the authors, met called Todd. And um, Todd, um, prior to the story, Todd shared details about his life, how he went to college on a full basketball scholarship, but he ended up losing it because of drug and alcohol addiction. He wanted to be in the MBA, so this more than ended his college career, it ended his aspirations and self-identity. He was still working, he was working at a bar, which is not the best place to be when you're an alcoholic, and he was contemplating suicide at the time he met with David. So I'm going to tell you the story now of Todd. Todd. I had gotten off work and was driving up a winding road on my way home one Saturday morning. I passed a little girl selling lemonade outside her house. On any other day, I would have driven past. For some reason, on this day, I had an inexplicable urge to turn around and give her all my change. I pulled my car up to the lemonade stand and asked how much a cup of lemonade was. 25 cents, she told me, so I said I would take one. She walked back to the stand to get me a cup of lemonade, and while she was doing that, I scooped out all the quarters I had in the cup holder in my car. I probably, they'd been piling up for ages. I probably had close to $40 in there. The girl handed me a cup of lemonade, and I put a fistful of quarters into her little palms and then another scoop, and then another. Each time I watched her eyes light up, she turned and ran into the house full of excitement. I drove away feeling good, as you might expect, but then something happened that I didn't expect. I suddenly became overwhelmed with emotion. I started crying uncontrollably. I was crying so much I had to pull my car over. It was amazing. David, wow, that sounds intense. I'm sure you've done things in the past that made you cry. Of all the stories you could have shared with me, what specifically is it about this one that made you choose to share it? Todd, it was the first time in my life that I felt I'd done something for someone else. It was the first time in my life I hadn't put myself first. This was a huge wake-up call for me. It lit my soul on fire, and for the first time, I felt like I mattered. I wanted so much to help others feel like they mattered too. I wanted to help others feel that they could do and be more. From that moment on, I wanted to share with the world what I had felt. By the end of the Y discovery, David found a thread of service that ran through many of Todd's significant stories, as he did with the little girl selling lemonade. Todd's why is to ignite people's imaginations about what's possible 
so that they can find the motivation to do more with their lives. What's magical about Todd's why is that is exactly what happened to him. His imagination was ignited and he was motivated to do more with his life. So now we, uh, I'm going to hand over to uh, Marie-Pierre, who's going to continue to, to bring out our stories. <laughs> yes, and I really love to do that. So I hope you will love the question for today. So I know that uh, with everything that we read uh, yesterday, Melanie and Maria are already almost ready <laughs> to share their story. So I will go with one of the questions uh, from the book exactly. So you have an idea where I'm going with that. So my question this morning is, what is the earliest happy childhood memory that comes to your mind? I really love that question. So we'll start with that with Melanie. She always starts with me. It's not fair. You're the oldest. <laughs> You're the oldest. Oldest always have priority. Well, you know what? <clears throat> oh, dear. I was thinking about this this morning, my earliest childhood happy memory. And you know what? It was hard to find one because my childhood was full of not, I mean, how can I explain it? My childhood was full of not unhappy things, but not happy things. It was full of um, moments that, how can I explain it? I don't remember feeling real joy. I guess that's what I'm saying. I just remember the bad things. So I was really trying hard to think of a happy moment. Um, I, I honestly, I, I can't drag anything out. There's, there's nothing in my childhood. It was just, I guess my happiest moments. Yeah. Let's think of these. I, it's, it's coming. My happiest moments was when I was with the brownies. And I got to go on camps and things like that. And we had amazing um, leaders. And that, that is probably when I was my happiest, when I was not at home. And being able to um, be with other people that, that I thought loved me. Oh, for goodness sake, this is so hard. Um, yeah, I think that it was, um, mo I can think of moments where maybe I achieved something and I felt good about it. And I, I was, I was very um, motivated by doing badges and and um just yeah happy moments were definitely when i was uh, on doing those things and achieving at school 
those were my happy moments. Sorry. <laughs> I Thank love you, you Melanie. <laughs> I love how we can have Melanie that cries every morning with us. <laughs> But um, it's fun that you are so open with us. <laughs> Because you are the one that is doing all this process with a uh, hundred of people listening to your process of finding your why. <laughs> When usually you're with one person, not a hundred. So thank I you mean, for being so. People are gonna think I'm an emotional wreck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Thank you, Melanie. So I will come back with <laughs> more questions after that. We'll go with Nahia. So what is your earliest? happy childhood memory that comes to your mind oh i was listening to melanie and, and this is why it's so important to be kind and and uh, like i said at jubilee to be kind to be um to have empathy and sympathy for everybody around you because we don't know where they're coming from we just don't know we just don't know Um, my happiest moment, because it's fun, because we don't know what she's going to ask as a, as a question. And the first thing that came to mind is every time, every summer, we went to Italy for two months. And those were phenomenal happy moments because we did things we weren't supposed to do, you know, like drive a car when you're eight years old and your uncle puts like wood blocks so you can reach the clutch and the gas pedal and, you know. <laughs> And, and and then in, in Montreal, my happy moments as a child were when we gathered together mm -hmm. to go on a picnic, to do family activities. So my, my happy, happy moments is having all my family around me, like my cousins and my family. Even once my father caught us and he beat the shit out of us, okay? It was a happy moment because we looked at each other as we we're getting, ah, I was, and we still did it. <laughs> so yeah, so those are my happy moments. <laughs> Oh my god i don't know where i'm going with that. <laughs> doing things you're not supposed to with your family <laughs> you know no, no, pushing the boundaries pushing the boundaries that's yeah uh, i'll even give you an example so i know how to drive a car like at five six years old because that's the way it was when we went to italy every kid drove the cars in the country place there's no cops right and if you had an accident well you probably just uh went in the river or or on the side of the mountain or whatever. But I'm going to share something with you. Doesn't my father tell me? <laughs> He says, go do the groceries. Here's the keys of the cars. I'm like 11, 12 years old. He says, just if the cops stop you, just tell them you stole the keys. <laughs> I come from such a different world. <laughs> And actually, Maria, you've made me remember a happy moment. Because we used to go camping with the family and actually the trip, the actual camping trip itself, it, it was happy in the sense that we were in the woods and we stayed in the grounds of a, um, a, a gamekeeper in the forests of um, um, near Norwich in England, in, in uh, Norfolk. And um, the gamekeeper and his wife, they were amazing people. It was so simple. Um, but he, every year when we used to go, like some of the happiest times was he would uh, take us to see all the little chicks that he had. And he'd put them in your hands. And 
and he really gave us a fantastic appreciation of nature and how the trees grew and that was a very happy moment oh i love that <laughs> okay so now that we have your story so i want to know exactly what makes that memory that is the most joyful moment in your childhood so what it is exactly in that memory that you can say, oh, that's why I chose this story and not another one? Um, well, I guess for me, it was the kindness from the, mm. the gamekeeper and his wife, who we only saw like once a year, um, but also the appreciation of nature, the, the being in you know, having little chicks in your hand. I mean, the vulnerability, I suppose, of, of animals. Yeah. For By the me, way, did you know it's International Dog Day today? Really? Oh! Check, <laughs> check my stories. Check my stories. <laughs> uh, for me, it was the laughter. I love to laugh. I love to laugh. I love... Uh, Uh, to plan mischief, mis, mis, mischief, like mischievous things. Mis, yeah, and laughing when we didn't get caught, and laughing when we got caught. It, it, it's the laughter. It's the laughter. I love to laugh. Those that that know me personally, you know how I am. You know, like the laughter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're always looking how you can laugh about something. <laughs> Perfect and. Uh, for you, Melanie, now that you have that person in your life, in that uh, story, so how it, it influences how you, um, you act even now, so as a person, when you meet with the, um, those uh, person when you go to the camping? Um, I, I think that uh, what that person did was show... Well, it teaches me respect for the, the, the world, respect for nature, respect for the environment, um, respect, yeah, but also that, you know, kindness can come from anywhere. Mm. Okay, who's happy to be on this podcast? <laughs> like, seriously, okay? Those on Facebook, those on Zoom, those on Podbeam, like between all of us. Isn't this a wonderful place to be this morning? Between me and Melanie, I make you laugh, she makes you cry, just love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Maria, I know that your happy memory comes from Italy. So, do you have someone that really influenced you when you were in Italy? Yeah, my cousin, my cousin Victoria. She she's wild, she's crazy, and as we get older and older, um, and I, I I keep going back. So well, we're planning to go back next year, and um, as soon as we see each other, immediately we reconnect to all those child and we start remember when we did this and remember when we did this and remember when we burned the barn because we used to smoke in the barn melanie miller okay like we were nine years old we were smoking the barn the barn got on fire the whole damn thing burned down okay try to hide it from your parents you weren't smoking we got it god but these are my laughter with victoria because she's just as crazy as me 
<laughs> I love it. Okay, so now I have a few notes more on my paper. I don't know how we're going to put it everything when we go to the next step of the team, but I really love all those stories <laughs> that you told me this morning. So it's already 8.30. So thank you for all this story. I know that everyone loves your stories on the, the podcast every morning. And what I would like to say, just remember that most of us grew up being told what to do and how to learn, okay? We learned to be compla uh, complacent, you know, follow the rules. We weren't asked, we never even asked why we should do it this way. Through different why stories and activities, you will be able to start with your why. Determine if it is aligned to your what and, and create your draft why statement. This is what you have to do this weekend, okay? You've got to be prepared for next Thursday and Friday. I'm telling you, it's gonna be so revealing. And I was sharing with Jean-Philippe and Sabrina. I said, simply put, if you go into another Tupperware company, okay? You will quickly realize you're not in the same company. You're even gonna wonder if you're selling the same product. And this is what people that are part of my company don't understand. So a lot of times they, 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 they look out there, but they don't understand that what's happening here is all design. It's all by design. All, it's all by design based on Maria's and Mohammed's why. And that's, and through us, you're living your why. And the only thing we are doing with this company is using it as a vehicle to live out our why. And that's how you can last 40 years. That's how you last 36 years in a marriage. Everybody following me here? So I want you to remember this, okay? Take this this weekend and work on that why statement. And for those in my multi-level marketing business, remember, how can this business help you live with your why? Amen, all right? So we'll see you uh, tonight for my Anglophones for the English meeting tonight and have a great weekend and God willing, we'll see each other on Monday. Bye-bye everyone, thank you.